Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome back to the Out of Spec Podcast, the show where we, where we bring you real stories of people taking the plunge into the world of electric vehicles, amongst many other things. I'm your host, Francie, and today we have a special guest who recently embarked on an exciting adventure, buying their first EV and hitting the road just after. Join us as we dive into their journey from the decision to go electric to their first road trip and first impressions. Thank you, Jordan and Justin, for joining me today. How are y'all doing this morning? I'm great. Happy to be here. Got my Tesla hat on, which means, you know what? EV, Chevy Bolt. No. Uh, yeah. <laughs> guess what Justin chose? <laughs> yeah, guess what Justin chose. Yeah, thanks, Justin, for joining. And um, Justin and Jordan, you go back a little bit, right? So that's how we've we've come to meet Justin, your old friends. Yeah, like 50 years minimum. Um, <laughs> yeah. And Justin, yeah, Justin's done some some random stuff with Out of Spec in the past, so he's familiar with the company, um, but finally can speak about EV things from a, a very personal point of view now because you now you have one. And uh, how is it? <laughs> how do you? Yeah, feel? I, yeah, I feel just electrified. You know, um, I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and all of the knowledge I have now is no longer just general or ethereal. It's actually specific. I could say what I do and do not like. Um, we've had the car for about a week, and I guess I should say it's a 2019 used Tesla Model 3, all-wheel drive, long range. Um, so it's specced exactly how I would spec it with acceleration boost, has the full self-driving computer. So if we want to pony up for that, we could do so. And it's got the upgraded 18s, um, which look very nice on that dark gray paint job. So went up to Chicago, bought it out of state, drove it back, and had a blast uh, driving it back. And it's actually technically my wife's car, so she drives it on the daily, and she loves it as well. Glad to hear it. It 
sounds like you were kind of ready to go electric, but I kind of do want to go back in time before you decided to drive up there and pick up this Tesla Model 3. What motivated you, Justin, to make the switch to electric? Yeah, absolutely. So take it back a ways. The year was 2023. Inflation out of control. (laughs) The world at an end. And one man stood alone against a failing hybrid system in a 2012 Lincoln MKZ. So my wife's car crapped out and we needed a new vehicle. Um, And she was just getting ready to start a new job where she was going to be driving back and forth uh, five days a week, putting roughly 500 miles a week on a car. So for a while, we were both using my Honda Accord, which is great, but I was like, putting this amount of miles on it isn't sustainable. So we started looking electric, one, to save money on fuel, uh, but also to save money on maintenance, just with the stop and go traffic every day and then driving for that long period, wanted something where we could save the brakes, we could save money on gas, like I said, um, and then save money on maintenance just in general. So electric vehicles seemed like the next choice and decided between either a used Tesla Model 3 or a new Chevy Bolt uh, EUV. Interesting. Uh, So ready to make the switch. It's pretty clear. That's quite the commute. So it's definitely something to consider when you're spending a lot of time in your car, what you're going to be spending it in and what the work the car is going to be doing is. So very interesting. And why did you decide to go for Tesla instead of the Bolt? Yeah, absolutely. Well, one, Teslas don't have a history of catching fire whilst charging. So that was a big reason. But even though, even outside of that, um, we drove both vehicles and my wife preferred the Tesla. Uh, She's like, it's roomier. It seems to have a lot more space. It drives a lot better. The underlying EV architecture is significantly better than what came on the Bolt. Um, And that glass panoramic roof really played into her uh, future thinking of, you know, kids would really like this sitting in the back seat. So that all of those reasons, we decided to go with the Tesla. And so then I started my search for a used Model 3. It was really interesting because Justin was talking to me through this whole decision. I mean, it all started with you saying, hey, the hybrid's dead. The Lincoln MKZ is on its way out. I was thinking when a Lincoln dies, Matthew McConaughey usually shows up and provides you with another call. That just didn't happen for some reason. So when the <laughs> mileage journey came up, it was like, wow, 500 miles, that's a lot. When you're factoring in the payment of a car, um, your fuel cost with that many miles really plays into it. So electric totally makes sense in this case. And then when you told me you were deciding between the Bolt and the Tesla, well, I knew the right answer, but it was an interesting thing to, to look at because Megan's not a car person. Um and so it's interesting to have someone else make the decision, which is important because it's it's her car. So she should make the decision. You did the the, the good husband move there and uh, give give her the, the ball in her field. Um, and test driving it, it was really interesting to hear that like the the really big thing was like the glass roof. Like there's other things too, but like that was the big thing that stuck with her. And I was like interesting. I never even thought about that. Bolt versus Tesla as being glass roof versus no glass roof, but it's 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 an interesting piece of that. Yeah, well, and when you actually get and look at the Bolt and start opening up all the doors and stuff like that, you're like, this 
actually is a lot smaller than it looks bigger on the outside, but then you actually get into it and it looks quite a bit smaller. And that was a big thing too. It's like, if this car is supposed to last us at least two years, you know, then we're going to have at least one, if not two kids that we're trying to throw in here, plus a dog. Like we need to have some space for some luggage, at least for a weekend trip. The bolt didn't seem like it was going to cut it. And the trunk on the Model 3 is absolutely massive. You have that underneath compartment where a spare tire normally would be. You got the front trunk. And then the cabin itself is pretty roomy, even for a vehicle of that size. So all of those things played into it. And I was just very happy to hear that she liked the Tesla better. Because I also, between you and your brother Austin and our friend Patrick, everyone was like, Tesla is the choice between those two. But at the end of the day, it wasn't my decision. Or, well, I say that. Eventually, she just got so tired of us talking about it. She was like, you just pick. <laughs> and, and the, you know, the EV used tax credit did play a huge component in this as well, which, which was another thing that was interesting from the outside looking in because that's a relatively new thing. I mean, years ago, when you initially had Tesla interest, like myself, when, and when my brother, your friend Austin, went to work at Tesla, I was like, oh, Tesla would be awesome. but we'll never buy one because they're too expensive. And then now model three has been out for four or five years. The used EV tax credit is a thing and the used prices, the market is just dipping after the post COVID type of uh, peaking, uh, just dipping to that level where, Oh my gosh, you can find a Tesla for 25 grand. Then the used tax credit happens. Yeah. And that was, uh, that was the main reason for choosing it. So after running the numbers, I mean, the reason those two cars were on the list was because after, federal tax credits, they were actually in a price range that we could afford. So the Chevy Bolt still gets the new 7,500 federal tax credit and used EVs under 25,000. So long as they aren't, um, so long as they're at least, I think three years old, they are, they apply for the $4,000 used EV tax credit, but it's very specific. The sales price has to be 25,000 or less. So if you have a dealer that has a list price of 24,995, like I did, and that adds on a dealer markup of $12,295, that will put you over a sales price of $25,000. So you have to be, you have to make sure that that line item, that sales price line item is $25,000 or under if you want to get that federal tax credit. Um, But that was the main reason for it. And then after running the numbers, how much would it cost with interest and all of this sort of stuff, the the Tesla ends up costing less in interest over the course of the payments than the Chevy Bolt does if you add that EV tax credit and put it towards the principal on the loan. Very cool. So definitely value was a concern. And why wouldn't it be? It seems that EVs have been pretty out of budget for most people. But as you just explained, there have been so many changes in the tax incentives and Tesla bringing down their prices that really make it a competitive offer that really made sense for you and your family. And one really fun aspect about this is you didn't really just go get it from a local dealer, but you went pretty far to get it up to the Midwest to drive it back to the Mid-South. So when you were preparing for that, how how did you prepare? I mean, you haven't lived with an EV yet, so obviously supercharisers are pretty abundant. But yeah, tell me about your preparation process that we're going to go pick it up and then we're going to drive it all the way back home. Yeah, absolutely. So I was lucky enough to find, well, I'll start off with the process of actually finding it online. 
it was quite difficult because looking through Carfax, Car Gurus, Auto Tempest, all of those things, I'd find one and be like, oh, sweet, it's in my price range. It's got less than 100,000 miles, so it's still going to have that warranty on the drivetrain. Um, it's in pretty good condition. It's one of the colors that we'd like, you know, and but every time I, well, she wanted gray. Um, but we were okay with doing more of a neutral. So it was, I think, gray, white, and black in order of uh, preference. So, you know, I was trying to find one of those colors. And every time I'd find one that fit the bill, I'd go to the website and it's already gone. So at some point, I came across this website um, for an auto dealership in Willowbrook, Illinois, I'm sure anybody who looks it up can figure out the name, but they don't pay me, so I'm not going to mention it. Um, and they had a Tesla Model 3 that was on the site with no pictures. I read through it, and it was dark gray, 71,000 miles, um, all-wheel drive, which I hadn't found any Tesla Model 3s all-wheel drive long range under 25. They were all at least 26, 27, and normally with high miles. So to find one with 70,000 miles, all-wheel drive, long range, I was like, with for a sales or a list price of twenty four nine ninety five, I was like, okay, what's wrong with it, you know? And um, so I reached out to the dealership and said, hey, I'm interested in this car. One of the salesmen got back to me, and um, we just started texting back and forth. He said, we do 80% of our deals out of state, so we have people in house to do all the registration paperwork, all this kind of like, this is something we do every day, basically is what he was getting at. So that helped set me at ease, but this is the first car I purchased on my own, much less the first EV I've owned, much less the first car I've, I've bought sight unseen from a different state. So it was a lot of new for me. So the entire process, I still had a bit of hesitation about, mm -hmm. but the salesman did a good job of, you know, getting me pictures once it actually got in he did a walk around video of the thing, um, took some pictures, videos of the inside, showed me I had it detailed. Of course, those things don't show every little thing, but the car looked pretty clean. The interior looked pretty clean. Sent me a screenshot of, you know, the car of the, uh, of the screen actually, you know, so I could see how many miles was on it, what all, uh, what all it had. And, um, so we could, we went through that process and he answered every single question I had because, I just had a bunch. Um, and once we had finalized the paperwork, mailed it to them, everything started looking at how much would it cost to ship it versus how much would it cost for me to go up there and just get it. Cause I like the idea of driving the car back. I was like, you know, an eight hour road trip in a Tesla model three, that would probably be pretty fun. Um, but we're like, would that make more sense or to have them ship it for five, 600 bucks? Um, as it turned out, I had free airline miles, so that was a no-brainer. I was like, I'll use that, fly up there, drive it back. Um, we did have to have a uh, plug installed in our garage. Um, we didn't do the Tesla wall charger. We decided just to go the NEMA uh, 1540. Is that, am I getting that right, Jordan? Close, close here, yeah. Four, four, <laughs> 14, NEMA charge, it's... The appliance charger, 240 volts, I think, is what it, anyway, it had that installed. My brother-in-law was like, oh, yeah, we could do this. And he was explaining how we could move things around on the circuit board. And I was just like, I'm just going to, I'm going to pay somebody. So roughly 650 bucks to get that installed with parts and labor. Um, and that's 
that's what we've been using and it's been perfectly fine for how many miles my wife drives in a day. Um, we can usually get it up to an 80% charge, no problem on in off peak hours. So once we got all that squared away, flew up, got it, drove it back. Very cool. I would like to point out, you know, it sounds like you installed your at-home charger. We do have an episode with Tom Malogny, who is a pro in terms of reviewing and also enforcing, not enforcing, but giving great advice about safety. So you should definitely watch that video to make sure you installed it along all the safe ways, because it is Mm. like, okay, adding this uh, new appliance to your home that gets hotter, pulls a lot more heat and things like even the screws coming out of the walls as, as, you know, the energy coming out expands and retracts mm. things. So just good to keep in mind. Very, very yeah. side note. But okay, so you may there were a lot of decisions involved and it can definitely be overwhelming not only to just buy a new car, big new investment, but a new piece of technology for your for your life too, going electric. So you got on the road and did your first what were your first impressions? You start driving. I start driving and I've driven Teslas before, test driving it. And I think that first 30, here it is, yeah, um, totally <laughs> didn't understand what kind of fuel I was supposed to put in it. I was like, is this unleaded, super unleaded? I mean, maybe it's diesel. I don't know. But um, it's, um, but yeah, we, I got in it. And for the first 30 minutes, I was, it felt like a test drive. It wasn't that weird to me. I was like, oh, okay, you know, I'm on another test drive. Let's test this. It's fun. The acceleration's fun, all that sort of stuff. It took me about that long to get used to the regenerative braking. Mm -hmm. And, but it was after that point when I started getting on the highway and was driving, I was like, holy crap, this is actually my car. Like, I'm driving this back. Yeah. (laughs) I don't have to return this when I'm done. It's going to be at my house. So that, that was a really cool feeling. And then, you know, as I'm driving, I'm messing with the cruise control, the autopilot, all the controls and stuff like that. Um, Going and, coming out of Chicago, it was all stop and go highway traffic. And I wasn't angry the entire time. It was great. I was actually enjoying the drive because I didn't feel like I was completely wasting fuel. Every time someone in front of me would hit their brakes for no reason, I just be like, Oh, I'm putting energy back into the battery, which I'll then use to blow past them at the first possible opportunity. (laughs) So in city driving was, was great getting onto the, and I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and go into the story of, of the drive, if that's okay. Please do. Um, getting onto the highways, it was a blast to have such a smart cruise control system. Um, it just has basic autopilot, so all it'll do is really keep you in your lane. It won't you know, merge for you or anything like that. But I did find out that if you're talking to your buddy Jordan on the phone on a two-lane road and have the cruise control on, and you're not paying attention that your turn is coming up, it will actually slow down for you, which I thought was really great. Um, Cool. So driving on the highway, you notice that the range does decrease quite a bit as you're just doing straight driving. I drive above the recommended speed. Every time I pull up that little energy, uh, energy app, it says, Hey, you do be doing better if you kept it below 70 miles an hour, you pill it. But (laughs) I don't because I want to get I want to get where I'm going relatively quick. But the charging experience is actually what really surprised me. You know, Tesla has their algorithm for getting you to the supercharger so you can charge the least amount of time and get where you need to go. So the first one I pulled into was somewhere in southern Illinois, and 
Um, pulled in, had about 45% state of charge, which wasn't as low as I was expecting. But the reason was it only wanted me to charge for 15 minutes before getting back onto the road and making a three-hour uh, leg to the next charge point. So mm. I pull in, I plug in, which was kind of a new experience because all these other Tesla owners who've been doing this for years were there. And I'm kind of standing at the supercharger like, okay, I pull this out and I press a button. Is that it? Like, there's got to be more to it than that. Like, do I need to like, you know, where do I swipe, you know? Yeah. Where's uh, the broken credit card reader and where's the, the gas station attendant yelling at me? <laughs> yeah. Where, where's the little windshield scraper thing? Like there should be way more cigarette butts on the ground. Like what's going on here? <laughs> Um, so pull it out, plug it in and I go to Chick-fil-A, which is right across the street. Um, and I will give a shout out to Chick-fil-A cause that is a high quality business. So I go to Chick-fil-A, I barely get my food, come back. I, I haven't even finished eating it yet. And the car's like, Hey, we're done. Ready? And I was like, okay, great. And so I think probably 10 to 15 minutes was all it took before I was ready to go off to the next leg. So I and should again, out, Justin uh, called me. And he was like, I'm stopping my first charger. And he said 45% state of charge. And I was like, what in the world? That's the that's not not that you're driving four out of spec, but like you should be pulling in with like three percent hot battery, plug it in, cruise up, but but in his defense, it was he was following the Tesla route planner, which is fantastic. And Tesla knew best. It was like, you know what? You have a really long stretch the next time. So we're going to pull in at a probably higher than you expected state of charge and deep charge a little bit just so you can get that next stretch. So it, it all makes sense. And that and I'm glad you got to experience Tesla route planning. I'm, I'm really glad you bought a car out of state. I know you were hesitant on that. I was either the angel or the devil on your shoulder, depending on how you look at it, of like, <laughs> you should buy one anywhere else in the country because that's how you'll find the best deal don't be afraid to shop out of state um and don't be afraid to either ship it or um drive it especially driving because shipping is fairly expensive i know it's it can be hours uh if you're driving it back but you know my initial vote was oh find one in california i'm out there and then you can drive back with me but you know that that was a lot of time and you do have a job and stuff so it, it makes sense um but i'm glad you I'm glad your first experience was a road trip because I feel like that's that's where people really learn the car. And so you got home being like, okay, I know how to use this car now. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, so I spent the next few days, you know, teaching my wife how to use the car. Um, and we'll get to use it on a road trip in November, you know, for visiting family for Thanksgiving. Um, but, you know, after the first couple of days of getting her set up, getting her set up in the app, um, all of her settings are there and, you know, getting, getting it how she wants it. Um, it's so easy for her to just go out, unplug, get in the car and go. And then same thing on the way back. Um, so yeah, the only caveat is the, where we had to put the plug in our garage, it requires us backing in every time, which is like a mild hassle, but then also you get to see the front of the car every time you open the garage door. So it's just, it's like a mild flex when we're in the neighborhood. <laughs> Just leave it open all the time. All right. night. <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned that, you know, this is mainly your wife's main form of travel for work and that she's, you know, enjoying it so far. But yeah, has she given you any takeaways from, uh, did she have to do this commute in an ICE vehicle first and now she switched to EV? Or what are her general takeaways too? You know, I haven't, um, I haven't gotten any specific takeaways from her. I mean, the general 
idea is that she loves it. It's it's a lot more luxurious than the car she was coming from. It's definitely more luxurious than the 2015 Honda Accord she's been driving the last couple months while we've been working on getting this car. Um, and so she has been used to making that drive in an ICE vehicle. And I, the feedback I've gotten is she can drive a lot faster and she does. Um, but that it's great to not have to go to a gas station or worry about when she's going to get gas. Um, there's plenty of charge left even after <laughs> your fireworks thing. Um, it's great to not have to worry about whether she's going to run out of charge because there's plenty of space, um, even at just an 80% charge to, to get to work, even run a couple of errands and then get back. Um, I think, Tuesday, she was able to do a full day of work, drive down, drive back. And then I was able to take it out later and go get ice cream. And there was still plenty of charge for me to allegedly do 120 miles an hour on the highway. Wow. Yep. <clears throat> yeah. Allegedly. I do want to make a yeah. comment on what you just said. Um, not the miles, not miles an hour part, but the, yes, the luxuriousness. Yeah. The, the luxuriousness, um, because many people give the model three and the model Y flack because they're like, this does not feel nice. It's, it's minimalist, but many people are like, Oh, this is not a luxury car. And I want to make kind of the counterpoint it's of subjective. You exactly. get into a 2015 Honda Accord with cloth seats and then get into literally anything else and be like, Oh, it's not luxurious. Okay, well, it's not a Mercedes Benz. <laughs> yeah, but it depends what you're coming from. If, if you're coming from an S class, sure, the Model 3 is uh, the plebeian's choice. But if you're coming from most anything else, and now that Teslas are hitting this new price factor, if you're cross shopping, you're like, wow, this is actually a nice car. And that's basically what you guys did. You had the choice between a new economy car, the Bolt, or a used, I'm going to say mid luxury car. Like that, they're, they're not. Full luxury, but they're also not economy. It's that middle ground. And so you effectively paid the same price, but for a more expensive car. And not to plug another podcast, but the Everyday Driver podcast talks a lot about the issues of, you know, when someone's budget is $25,000, they're like, oh, I could buy a Mercedes S-Class from 20 years ago. But then it's like, oh, but you're buying a what was originally a hundred something thousand dollar car and you're maintaining a hundred something thousand dollar car. And that's the challenge with old luxury ice vehicles is because all the parts and maintenance is a lot. Whereas we're in the season of electric vehicles starting to drop. Like the Audi e-tron famously is now in the thirties, which was originally like seventies, eighties, nineties. Um, but you're not maintaining what most people think of as an Audi internal combustion engine and being scared of all the mechanical nightmares that that could bring or not. But this is a different story because it's electric and it's simplified. Yeah. And that's, that is a good point because that's some kind of something we're dealing with her family currently is the perception of, Oh, these kids just bought a Tesla. And it's like, you freaking morons. Like you just took on this massive car payment. It's like, no, I don't think you understand. We bought a used Tesla for less than 25 grand. I'm going to get $4,000 back from the government because I bought it. I don't have to pay money for gas. It's already depreciated for the most part. The battery degradation has done most of its, most of its work. And I don't, I don't have to worry about all of this maintenance. 
like out of all the things that we could have chosen, it's a heck of a lot smarter than what we were looking at before she took this new job, which was, you know, Kia Telluride or Sorento or Toyota Highlander or something of that size, you know, that would have cost us significantly more. And we would have still had to done the regular maintenance and still paid for fuel, which fluctuates like crazy. So it is, it is funny. The the public, it's funny, the public perception of around certain things. I mean, I've dealt with this a lot of like, Technically, my only car is a my daily driver is a sports car. It's a convertible, and people's assumption is like, "Oh, what do you do for a living?" And I was like, "My car was fifteen grand. Your F one fifty was sixty, and you're like, wow, this guy is loaded." And I'm like, and the same (laughs) thing applies now with used Teslas. Most used Teslas are less than the price of a new, relatively entry or mid level F one fifty, and no one looks twice at an F one fifty and thinks, "Ooh, they're doing well." (laughs) Right? Yeah. Exactly. It's yeah. The perception is so skewed. Um, but I mean, it's, it's a heck of a deal. I mean, I'd, I'd highly recommend it for anybody who can find, you know, a Tesla at that price. I mean, or even just a little bit over, if you don't get the tax credit, it's still a good deal. If you could find it, mm-hmm. you know, with a decent amount of miles and 70,000 miles, isn't a lot for an EV. I mean, a hundred thousand miles really isn't a lot, but we, we like the idea of having a little bit of space with that warranty, just to make sure that, there weren't any gremlins um, that were not disclosed or that were caused by the previous owner. But, um, you know, so we got 30,000 miles essentially of it still being mm-hmm. the big parts being under warranty with Tesla. Um, great. Yeah. It's, it was the best deal that I could find by far. Sounds like you're pretty satisfied so far. Hopefully there are no gremlins in the frunk or anything. And yeah, it seems like you really made a good choice for your family and for what you needed. And in retrospect, I was wondering if you would do anything differently in maybe not. It sounds like you, you really did your research in terms of selecting the EV, but maybe anything differently on your next EV road trip, or do you have any advice for first time EV car buyers and or travelers? Cause maybe someone also is renting an EV first, maybe on a road trip, maybe when they're out of town. Um, So some advice you could throw their way. Sure. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot to cover. If I had the benefit of knowing a little bit about EVs and having friends who know a lot about EVs. So if you have anybody like that, definitely lean on them to fill in some of the blanks of your, your knowledge base around that. And then I would say if you're purchasing a car out of state, like ask for everything, like don't, don't think you're being an inconvenience because they're trying to make a sale and you need to know everything there is to know about this car. And I asked a lot of questions. There was a few that I kind of missed, like, hey, is there a wireless charging pad included in the vehicle? As When I got up there, I found out, no, that's not necessarily the case. Is a charging cable included? That wasn't actually the case. Some of those things that you get with used cars that you just kind of, like, if, you, if I had bought it from Tesla, that would be there. Right. But because it was used, that's not necessarily a slam dunk. So you need to, you know, any question you can think of, ask, because I didn't ask a few of those questions and I kind of had to pay, I had to pay a little extra money to get those things. Um, But yeah, I'd say just ask the dealership for as much information as they can give. And don't think you're being an inconvenience because you're trying to buy a car. If you're doing it sight unseen, that is more of a risk than if you're able to physically go and see the vehicle, right? Um, but then do research on how the charging infrastructure is. 
Tesla's got great charging infrastructure. So road tripping it back really isn't going to be much of a deal. I don't know how it would have been if I bought the Chevy Bolt out of state. I don't know how that road trip would have been. Um, Rough. One, well, that's that's kind of what I heard. But I wouldn't have had to worry about it because, you know, there was a dealership near us that we could go mm-hmm. get it from uh, new. So, but, you know, if you're purchasing one out of state, then you have to know those sort of things. You have to know how long it takes for you to charge. You have to be able to plan your road trip. You have to know... Um, you know, know your tax incentives if there are any, because some states have tax incentives over um, or in addition to the federal tax incentives. Um, our state does not, but it's still, um, you know, still good to know. And then that way you can make a good, intelligent, educated decision, uh, not just from what kind of car you get but from a financial perspective as well. I'd say that's a great bout of advice from you as a new EV owner. So congratulations, Justin. It seems like y'all made a good choice that you're seeing the benefits right away that, you know, are there any unexpected benefits that you've seen so far? I think unexpected benefits has been, um, acceleration. I mean, we're all, well, <laughs> yeah, that was, that was unexpected. Honestly, I got into it and I knew it had acceleration, but I didn't know exactly how much that makes that thing just F off. I mean, it just absolutely flies. I, I love, I love on ramps when I'm behind like three cars that are behind a semi truck that just can't quite get up to speed. And then you just blow past them at mock jesus it is it's so <laughs> so good but no it, so the surprising thing is just like how cheap it is to actually charge the thing at home i mean it, it it our rate is about 10 cents a kilowatt hour so each night if we're charging it halfway up it's like three uh you know three bucks fifty so a you know, gallon of gas really nice yeah literally yeah. a gallon of gas and you know Which would get you so less than halfway add, to nashville <laughs> <laughs> yeah so we, I think we, uh, I did the, ran the numbers. We're going to spend about 70 bucks more a month in, on our electric bill, mm-hmm. but we're going to be saving, I'd say probably $200 a month in fuel. Um, and that's more on the conservative side. So it may be even more than that. And that's not accounting for maintenance cost, oil changes, things like that. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see that over time. Um, but yeah, it's just, and I think the charging, like, it's so easy just to pull into the garage, press the button, charge flap opens, plug it in, and then you leave it and just, you know, go inside just, and go about your, it's just plugging your phone in every night. Same, same principle. It's great to not yeah. worry about gas stations after, after spending a lot of time with EVs and then going back to my gas car, I'm like, uh, I don't want to go, especially cause I want to get cheaper gas. So I go to Costco mm-hmm. and that's just, yeah. Yeah, murdering myself because of the the lines and it's just like oh this is so pedantic (laughs) (laughs) like wow so francie when are we when are you and i going to get our first electric cars this is making me jealous (laughs) i know i want to go on the batteries included battery bargain podcast where they will help me choose my ev i know i was considering a rivian but that's a little insane so i'm not um i'm thinking definitely more I, i mean the tesla route is just really enticing for a lot of reasons and um yeah i I mean it's exciting it's really cool you talk about charging at home and i also just keep seeing more and more software and hardware that's helping us charge at 
off peak hours and use renewable energies. So it's really cool how once you bring an EV into your life, you can start thinking holistically, like one day I could have solar panels and then I could use that to charge my car and then I could have a battery that I charge up and then I have my little microgrid. So we'll see what happens for you next, <laughs> Justin, in your uh, transition to electric. But this is an awesome first step. And I really appreciate you coming on to the, to the podcast today to share about your experience. And I hope that if any of our viewers have questions, they can put it in the comments. We can go back to you and get some answers. But Overall, yeah, thanks for coming on. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, yeah tune course. in next time when we have Justin on, when he'll probably be off the grid by that point. Ron Swanson dressed up like ah. full solar rays, solar fields, like probably a thousand kilowatt hours of battery storage just in case he needs 10 years. of <laughs> Water wheel in my backyard, gold buried, big mustache. Yeah, exactly. That I won't have a computer, the... though, so I don't know how you're going to get a hold of me. Hmm. Telegram. Yeah, a carrier pigeon. We'll figure yeah, it out. Right. <laughs> well, thank you again, Jordan and Justin, uh, old friends, for coming on to the podcast. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in. If you enjoyed it, let us know. And otherwise, we will see you next time on the Out of Spec Podcast. <laughs>